They were the bands, the songwriters, uh, the lyricists, whatever, were my guides. So it took me through middle school, high school, university, and beyond, where like they were my, uh, they were my guides, my teachers, right? I, I, I did what their songs wrote about. <laughs> That's how I lived my life. So there's that aspect. Two, of course, is the playing of music, right? And then three is the concept of music. So it could be, you might, you might have others as well, but I thought of it as like, for me, the listening was so, so important and still is, right? Um, I'm still with it. And the music playing is, is a whole adventure itself. And then also what, what the hell is music anyway? Did the lyrics, I, I got a question already. Is it okay? Yeah, that's how we do it. Well, how did the lyrics get you in your early days of listening and how did they guide you? Weren't they just sort of a bunch of like uh, crazy people screaming and yelling a bunch of crap? <laughs> There's a, so many ways to answer you. I'll, 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 since we're all, since especially the Hanses are, are, are a little older than Jaswan and I. So, for example, the Moody Blues, very easy, point at them. Oh, yeah. That well, that, that I would say that's the crosses many generations of yeah, yeah. The, the Moody Blues were were one of those voices, right? Also, yeah. the '60s voices, right? And when I was young, the music of the '60s, right? I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it, but the music. So I didn't understand the lyrics. I didn't understand what the hell they were talking about, right? I didn't have a motorcycle, um, so but the vibrations I got like listening on my transistor radio in my bed at night when I was supposed to be asleep. And I loved 50s doo-wop when I was in high school. So 50s doo-wop was uh, some sort of innocent place, right, for me and my friends. And then later, as Hans knew me, I was a punk rocker. So then there was, as he said, a lot of screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but they would say things. I'll give you a very simple lyric that's it's super simple, but but they would say, the punks would say, it's not my place in the nine to five world. And I was like, oh. yeah, yeah, that's right. It's not mine either. How do I get around that? Yeah. So there you go. Jeswan, where were you uh, in, I mean, where, what did you listen to? No, I was born in a town called uh, Wolverhampton in England. Oh, okay. But just, just before we get into music, my, one of my questions is, is, uh, how is music different from just sounds, the sounds that we hear? It is, I was, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, in England, we grew up with the uh, top of the pops. Yeah, it was really, it was the uh, top of the pops. And then um, for me, it, oh, I, I, I didn't really get into too much alternative or underground stuff and, until I, 
gotten to university and some mushrooms and uh, and then it was like uh, Led Zeppelin. Now, I still remember the first time I heard a friend lent me Led Zeppelin 1 and Led Zeppelin 2. And I listened to it and I thought, oh my God, this is horrible. The <laughs> drumming is all in the wrong place. It's just terrible. And then anyway, for whatever reason, I, I kept listening to it. And suddenly it, it dawned on me, this is amazing. This is just brilliant. And then be, being sort of the obsessive sort of guy I am, I started digging up every every Led Zeppelin. So this is by the time that they'd already been and gone. And, and then from there, it was like uh, Velvet Underground. And we used to do lots of listening parties. So people in, a stu young students like, Jeez, we used to think of, of ourselves as so old, you know, in their 18s, 19s, 20s. Yeah, come over. I just got this new album. We're going we're gonna to listen to it. And then people would would give their, um, yeah, this is, uh, would like, yeah, these are really, really good songs. And uh, they, they play their top 10 of, you know, and it would range from Rolling Stones to Deep Purple to Pink Floyd and all across the gamut. Hans, Hans Mack? I started out with Oom Papa and I still listen to Oom Papa. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's, the, it's the most mathematically perfect music there is. It, it does have great uh, structure. Oh, yeah. One, two, one, two. <laughs> <laughs> What's the question? I forgot. The, uh, where did you where did you where did you enter the world of music? Ah, this goes back for me to 1970 that I can remember. So I'm seven years old and I'm obsessed with the Partridge family. I'm obsessed with David Cassidy. I want to be him. I got posters on the walls. I'm the only guy with posters of David Cassidy on my walls. <laughs> Everyone else who has David Cassidy on their walls are girls. So I start putting together different empty ice cream buckets, pots and pans, and I start drumming on that and stuff. Then I get a little Sanyo tape recorder and that becomes my my one and only main toy to play with and record myself banging on the pots and pans, etc. And then I got a real instrument. I got a snare drum from a pawn shop in downtown Vancouver. And it was the same snare drum that you see on the uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, the album that had 10 speed on it and a snare drum sitting in the living room, that gold sparkly snare drum it was a snare drum and it, it made that tit, 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 tit military sound. And it was just, oh my God, that and my harmonica. And so as things, as things progressed, I ended up getting a, a bass guitar and then a real set of drums. And of course I had an older brother, so he led me into like the Rolling Stones, Goathead Soup and David Bowie. And then one night he uh, 
he just got the uh, Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon, fresh out of the record store. And he laid me down on my bed, put his really hi-fi headphones on my ears and played the whole album to me. And I was mesmerized. And uh, yeah. I used to sneak into cabarets as little as 12 years old and go hide somewhere behind the curtains or a dark corner and watch the bands play. And then in the daytime, I'd go harass all the musicians and pick their brains and ask for old guitar strings and on it went. <laughs> yeah. So now I have a little studio here at home that I just put back together again and looking forward to doing some recording and maybe some live jamming with you guys at some point and exploring, making music for orbs, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's exciting. Mr. Vanderhill. In you, you had some older brothers too. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was kind of a similar, um, Similar celebration way of celebrating that uh, uh, Jasper was talking about, you know, getting together and like, wow, you know, bringing the new album and and kind of a combination of all three of us or all four of us, and um, you know, er, um, it was quite a celebration to get those early records. You know, it was quite a thing, and and um, and like uh, Mr. Mac, I had an older brother. And so I thought like I really had an advantage, you know, over some of my friends because I got to some of the, um, I got to listen to things that they didn't even know existed, you know? And for me, it was earlier, a little bit early. It was, you know, like, uh, um, I mean, with my mom and dad, they listened to music and my dad liked jazz, but like Dixie jazz, like Benny Goodman and stuff like that. and. And um, and he listened. He was a, a a frustrated drummer, not a frustrated drummer. He was a really good dancer. He had a great deal of rhythm. So the music I got from him was that. It was early jazz. My mom was classical music, and we had one big mono system, sound system in the living room. So every, whoever was playing something, everyone heard it. That's kind of like a central television, you know, like that's it. So, and, uh, and oddly enough, my mom and dad both liked, and my older brothers, I have one brother that's 10 years older than me, but everyone was fascinated by the Beatles and greatly appreciated their music, you know, from my parents to my older siblings. And so similar stuff, it became, it was extremely important, you know, <laughs> it really was for for like a, the small the micro community that our family was and um and of course like like uh, Hans said you know you wanted to become those one of those people you know you had your heroes you know it's like I want to I want to be that person you know David Bowie I wanted to be David Bowie yeah. okay. <laughs> and David Cassidy <laughs> okay right <laughs> That's on. Order right there. <laughs> yeah i think also it's like you guys speak of uh hans and hans speak of the the older brothers and when you were speaking i was like oh yeah i, I was the older brother right 
But then I remembered how supported I was. In, and I didn't probably realize it too much at the time. But for, for a birthday of maybe when I was seven or eight, nine, I don't know. My grandfather, I don't know why, for my birthday is very unusual gift is what I'm trying to say. Uh, unexpected, unusual, and, and doesn't really make any sense. He gave me two used Beatles albums, early Beatles albums, Meet the Beatles and Beatles 4, I think it was, and the soundtrack to Hard Day's Night, now that I think of it. So three mm-hmm. albums, pretty beat up, but didn't matter in those days, right? They're just going to go on my Sears hi-fi system. That little phonograph. Or- a little plastic, <laughs> you know, boom, right? And so... So that that's an unexpected like help. And my I was also thinking my parents when when you guys were talking, music was important, but not not intellectually important. It was just something that that they my mom liked 50s doo-wop music and sound of music and you know the film, the music to the film. And but she really supported and sort of encouraged me and had in the background Wixie 1260 AM in Cleveland, which was like an AM hippie station. So I heard all the hippie music because my mom had it on. And, and, and then my dad, who we all kind of didn't identify with him, he liked country and Western. Charlie Pride, Jim Reeves, uh, Roger Miller, Johnny Cash, and Tennessee Ernie Williams, Tennessee, Tennessee Ernie Ford, religious yeah. hillbilly music, right? Hank Sr.? Yeah, Hank. Well, no, no. See, that was a little far for my dad. That must have been a little far. No Hank. There was no Hank in the household. Sort of stopped at Charlie Pride and Johnny Cash, right? So all this was also, so I had both of these inputs going on. And only later, when I was much older, I realized my dad had really good taste in country music, right? And I was grateful for the exposure, the uh, often exposure to Johnny Cash, like live from Folsom Prison. My dad would put that on in the, the on the system that Hans described right so there you go boomba we're going to listen to 20 minutes of you know side 4 of the double album live from Folsom prison so so there's also those backgrounds too which I'm sounds like you guys are I'm super grateful for yeah 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 i i remember and then on a very very different note no pun intended i remember uh being at a, a workshop out in California and, and uh, EJ had a recording and it was, it was noise. It was just, you know, like, like just noise, like white noise, like a, kind of a rumble and a static and a, just everything all at once. And, and, uh, you know, uh, apparently at the time, like, you know, no organization whatsoever, you know, like, well, where's that from? You know, what's that about? And he said, this is the sound. He didn't say music. He said, this is the sound of the universe or, or of the, maybe the planet, the solar system or something like that. I think he said the sound of, you know, the outer space, planets. He said, that's what it sounds like, you know. He said, none of this. I think he was commenting a little bit on so-called new age music and the kind of ethereal stuff that's dreamy and, and uh that was very fashionable for a while, you know, and and um, and still is uh, with a lot of people. But that that's an interesting thing, like going to those two extremes, you know, that really intimate kind of 
sounds, those sounds and bands and characters that we identified with to the sound and the lack of organization, but solar system doesn't really have a lack of organization. <laughs> no, it doesn't seem to. <laughs> hey, speaking of that though, have you, have you guys experienced this? So if we were to put on a song that was embedded into you, Hans Mack, Hans, Hans Van, or Jazz One, something that you heard in the background or in the foreground or you purposely put on, if that comes on out of, out of, out of the blue, we'll say, does it take you back? No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does it take you back? I was going to say out of the blue, ELO album, right? <laughs> there you go. So does it take you back to that time? Does it like teleport you back to those times? Sure can. Mm -hmm. For it me. Just makes me. This makes me turn to stone. <laughs> You're in a lot of trouble, right? <laughs> So is there something that's embedded? Like um, there's a few songs for me that that um, if they catch me at the right time and they're usually by surprise that I'll I'll be able to like almost go back in time and and feel and sense and remember not just like details of like what room was I listening in, but like how I felt at that time, like the the mood that I lived within. No, does that happen for others or am, am I making a making uh, is this an individual thing? Sure. Um, my sister's boyfriend, my mother and I were, were staying with my sister's boyfriend for a visit. And he bought this brand new ELO album. <laughs> and we were all trying to watch TV. Now, he had his headphones on, right? And I can't remember if he had that. It, it was a, like a plexiglass smoke cover over the record dust cover can't remember if he had that on or off but or if it was leaking through the headphones but you could as we're watching tv you could just hear this really annoying <laughs> going on and on and on right <laughs> so every time i hear yellow <laughs> i i am shot right back to that apartment and that whole scene right there on. i am right every on. time yellow comes on doesn't matter where it comes on, when it comes on, I'm catapulted back there. Right on. Well, yeah, yeah, it, it, it definitely strikes something. I don't know exactly what it is. And, <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I was, after, after listening to all you guys, yeah, my, my brother, who's nine years older, he was really into the Beatles, but the Beatles I was getting at that time was like, she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, well, what is this? You know, it wasn't an you know, one. No, <laughs> <laughs> he was just saying what a great song it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'm going to take offense, but we'll leave it go because Jazz will continue. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and so with the, with, that era of the, the the Beatles, the Hard Day's Night, and she loved you, yeah, 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 and and it was all the pop music. So the other bits of the pop music we used to get was the groups like Jam, mm -hmm. and of course the punk and the whole Sex Pistols and um, 
the Boomtown Rats. Of course. So, so I I used to um, there used to be magazines with with the lyrics of the song, so I used to pick those up and uh, and learn those and be able to sing them. You know, like I don't like Mondays and you know what what have you. So th- there were like little stories behind the songs. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I know a lot of those get lost. And people, a lot, a lot of, of those those stories get lost. lost. So pe- people, um, just just looking on on Twitter, there was something about I don't like Mondays, and people were talking about it, and nobody seemed to remember that it was because some some student didn't want to go to school on a Monday. And so he or she, I can't remember, took out a sniper rifle and decided to shoot all the kids in this, as many as she, he or she could. And when they arrested her, her answer was, I don't like Mondays. <laughs> and so... Um, and they wrote a song about it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because it was... Um, it was sort of underground alternative. It, it wasn't the regular stuff you you get from the from your teachers at school. <laughs> you know, everybody's straight laced nine to five, as Fred was saying. Everybody's straight laced. This is this is what you think, and this is how it is. And... Yeah, yeah. And those and those people you're speaking of, the Jam, Boomtown Rats, and and hundreds of other wonderful bands were commenting on that. Yes. And they yes. Come in this immense, much the same way like Pink Floyd's Wall comments on things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Right. So that so what Jasmine is talking about that that's my era too, right? That was an era I felt very deeply about, and. Um, yeah, I resonated with the, what they were saying. <laughs> like, I understood what they were saying. And I was like, oh, so I'm not the only one with these thoughts, right? And then my 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 dad, my dad's influence on his side. So he used to uh, go into the Sikh temples and he used to sing and play harmonium, which is which is a, a wonderful instrument because yeah. you because the um, it works the same way as your throat works by passing air through it as opposed to electronic percussion where where you got a keyboard or a piano it's 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 working a different way it's working from something striking something to make the note whereas the harmonium was passing air through and very analog and it's yeah. a drone it's more of a drone instrument yeah or it is and, a drum instrument. Yeah. And I, I, I got into that a little bit later on in my life of the uh, the voicing and the and the drone aspect of it. I love it. I love that. And then the, the tablas? The tablas, well, they just used to go and go. <laughs> By themselves? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, there. I mean, somebody who can really play them well, and they can. I I like it when they can make the sounds too. Da din din da din din da. 
there's a whole there's a vocabulary to, to the percussion to traditional i don't know if it's northern or southern i don't know what part of the country it comes from but i'm listening to right now early john mclaughlin in his uh, band uh, G, which is all he's the only he's from i think he's british i don't know john mclaughlin is and everyone else is from from some part of india but there it's very it's their original compositions are not traditional um well, actually i think a couple of them are but on some of the drumming the the percussionists are pronouncing syllables that go with each yeah. strike you know it's like really intense and wonderful and beautiful it took some getting used to in terms of it, just having some familiarity, basically, just listening to it more than a few times, you know, more than a few hundred times, more than a few thousand times. But, but going back to to that invocational quality that music has, you know, and and where it's, you could almost say, well, it's sort of nostalgic. Ah, those were the days, you know, that kind of a thing. There's a little bit of that, but then there's there's truly like this powerful invocational quality as well, you know, which does transport you in a sense. And, or there are more senses involved and more, I don't know whether it's, it's everything more, it's more involved, I guess, more of a, a sensory uh, involvement. I don't know. I don't know. But like some of the music regarding that, some of the music that I'm interested in listening to and, um, is from a period that I was not alive, you know, or at least before I was born. But like, uh, let's say from the 30s in Europe, Western Europe and the US, and um, not just the jazz and pop music, but also some of the more elaborately composed music from the Impressionists, you know, like the French Impressionists, like Ravel and WC. And the stuff that I make up on the guitar goes back that's where it carries me it doesn't really sound like that music but it's somehow it's i'm traveling back in time with their it's more of a harmonic transport than it is a lyric you know word or literary transport and reference there's a harmonic there's a harmonic quality there's something that it's quite mysterious to me really i don't know but i know when it's happening you know and i know what i want to hear sort of i know what i'm trying to create doesn't always happen you know but but the but the um what i like about the i like instrumental music and what i'm listening to uh, this um a lot of the jazz, almost all of the jazz I'm listening to is does not have lyrics or vo it might have vocal stuff or like this music from Shakti, the band is um, their syllables, vo voice sounds and um, um, but what, I'm, what, what was I going to say that just the um, I don't know, it's expressing an emotion that I that can't really be expressed with words and with, you know, statements like, you know, you know, you know, that kind of, you know, protest songs and stuff like that, you know, and, um, mm -hmm. 
or love songs, you know. No, it's beautiful <laughs> what you said, Hans. Um, because uh, how how was I? I was so cap. I was just following your story. Um, I wasn't finished. I just forgot. What okay, I was well, that's all right. <laughs> Maybe we talk more and you remember. That's how I do it. So, um, I'm sorry. No, I was trying to think how how I how I related to what you were saying. There were lots in there that I related to, but but from from a you know from a different set of likes, we'll say, right? Different set of tastes, and the. Um, Ah, here it is. Listening parties. I think that my life, the quality of my life dropped a few bars when I didn't make time, which I did make when I was in my 20s and, and 30s and, and, and all probably to my 40s. Oh, yeah. There was there or, or it's still now I do it, but I don't do it in the same way where I like really shut down. Right. Yeah, yeah. And really, like, it wasn't on in the background. I wasn't fishing on YouTube for some particular, <laughs> like, funny, you know, characterize it, you know, watching old 60s videos, like, yeah. at the, on the top and just the way they had to dress up like that. And how they had the, it's so awkward and weird, right? To have these all rock bands, like, put on a stage, you know, lip syncing their song, whatever. So, what was I saying? But the listening party, I think, was super important. Right. We, we did it all our own way. Right. I think each one of us had had those, you know, whether your brother puts headphones on you and says, listen, right. Yeah. Or you get together with your chums or, you know, or whatever. But the, those 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 I want to do them again. Yeah. <laughs> and also the sharing, the sharing. Sorry, I'm sorry, Jaswin. Your turn. I, right? I was just going to say, yeah, perfect. Sit down in an armchair and just listen and. One of the things that uh, Hans triggered off for me was the uh, one of the best parts uh, was the Kawali music, which is the it's a Sufi Muslim um, Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan was one of the. I was going to mention him. Yeah, and what I really like is just before they begin the the beginning and. You know, just guys just going on on the harmonium, and the other guys just sitting there, and the tablets, and, and they're just sort of warming up, right? And it's all sort of chaos, 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 and then bang! Suddenly they start. The, it, it's like they're all in harmony, uh, and and it's that from chaos to to order. You know, it's just the. Uh, I can't appreciate the order without the chaos, so to speak. <laughs> Maybe that's just the human situation. <laughs> like an, an invocation. <laughs>